Hey friends, welcome to episode 72 of Faith Fitness Joy. Today I am so excited to welcome Brandy Smith to the podcast today and we are going to be discussing all things whole health as I like to call it which is the health of our mind, our body and our soul. All of it works together so that we can as a whole person be our healthiest, happiest and most spiritually aligned versions of ourselves. So please join me in welcoming Brandy Smith to today's episode. This is Faith Fitness Joy, and my name is Rochelle Renee. Are you struggling to lose weight, love yourself, and reconnect to who you truly are? Do you wish for more energy and happiness? And do you seek a deeper connection to God, or maybe to grow spiritually? As a single mom working in a demanding full-time job, I felt exactly like this. I struggled with anxiety, depression, and I was in adrenal burnout. I felt like a shell of myself. I was working over 60 hours a week. I was stressed out and spread too thin. I was overweight and I struggled with body dysmorphia. I knew I had to do something really fast so that I could be a better version of me for my kids. Fortunately, I found the way back to myself. I regained my health, I lost weight, I transformed my mindset, and I found healing. Now, my mission is to help other high-performing moms accomplish the same. Faith Fitness Joy is all about achieving health of the mind, body, and soul. If you're ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, and step into the happiest, healthiest, highest version of yourself, then Faith Fitness Joy is the podcast for you. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 72. It's Rochelle Renee. And today I have an awesome episode for you. I'm excited to welcome Brandy Smith to today's episode. And we are going to be talking about different integrated practices for health of the mind, body, and soul to achieve ideal athletic performance and overall health. So please join me in welcoming Brandy to the show today. And uh, so Brandy, with that, I'm going to turn it over to you and just invite you to introduce yourself and maybe share a little bit about what you do. Hi, everybody. Um, Rochelle, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, so I'm Brandy Smith, like she just said. I'm the founder of Perfect Tenno Physical Therapy and Performance Training and recent venture founder of Perfect Tenno PT Academy. And um, I was a former collegiate gymnast and had lots and lots of injuries, dealt with fear, which a three-year bout of fear that about crippled me. Um, and uh, we'll talk more about that. But through my experience as an athlete, um, I got really interested in the body and the mind and um, later went on uh, after finishing my collegiate career to go to physical therapy school, get a degree, get a bunch of fellowships and a whole lot of initials after my name. And um, then went on to help thousands of athletes since from recreational athletes all the way up to Olympic level, current world championship um, level athletes in various sports. So um, thank you for having me and I'm excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, so that's very interesting about, so it sounds like you've worked with kind of a range of athletes. What kind of um, different sports or types of athletics have you maybe touched on in that? Well, so um, I've pretty much done the gamut. So as far as like working with high and high level athletes, um, I have worked with um, professional and Olympic and elite runners, triathletes and marathoners, ultra marathoners. I worked with professional tennis players, professional golf players, um, and I've also and I currently work with um, Olympic level 
national team level gymnastics gymnasts who are currently on the world team for USA Gymnastics and representing the United States across the country, um, across the world, not just country. Um, but then recreational wise, I've worked with every sport like volleyball, basketball, track, wrestling, um, you name it, martial arts, baseball, all the balls, baseball, football, um, basketball, volleyball, softball, um, cheerleading, dance, figure skating. I've worked with pretty much everyone. Um, I've grown a specialty in the gymnastics, dance, cheerleading, figure skating, like parkour. I do weird things with my body world. Okay. Um, <laughs> circus athletes, like they all have. Um, I've, grow, I've developed a specialty in that. I'm not limited to just that, but I've developed a specialty in that. And my business does cater to that since um, 2008. But um yeah, and then I also do sports science education across the country. I've been teaching for USA Gymnastics and um, other private clubs privately through myself and um, across the globe, actually, for other organizations on um, sports science and health and wellness, nutrition, um, overall well-being, right, um, since 2009. Yeah. So. Wow. That's a, that's awesome. You So you've really um, worked with all kinds of different athletes and um, also have sort of from that found sort of your own specialty uh, in working with those folks. Um, but you mentioned. Well, and I, oh. I would say one more thing. I actually end up working with the whole family at some point, which oh, wow. I absolutely love doing, like, um, which is fun. So working with mom, dad, and like all the siblings, um, it's many times where I will work with an entire family. Um, so I see everything. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Wow. You don't hear that every day, so. That's a, a unique kind of flavor that it sounds like you bring to it as well. Yeah, it's kind of fun because um, you get to work on that mindset around the family dynamics and how yeah. to negotiate that when you're in the process of healing and in the world of wellness, right? Like, how can we be well as the family? Because um, high-level sports, like if you're into some of these sports for any amount of time or period and you get to a certain level, you're really committed like, like not just you as an athlete, like, especially with the younger athletes, um, they've, and it's growing more and more. We're like AAU, like all these specialty sports, it becomes a family commitment. And so it really does become like a family healing process. Even when I'm treating just an athlete, it becomes kind of, um, an overall well-being for the whole family. Like what's best for our entire family, like nervous system and health and wellness. So yeah, I want so I would love to dive deeper into that with you about because I know you and I have talked a lot about kind of the whole, the whole what I call whole health is the mind, the body, and the soul, and these different uh, aspects that I think are maybe not always what comes to mind when people think about health. The mind tends to go to you know physical fitness and maybe nutrition, but not as much of the mindset aspects or the healing parts of it. So, um, kind of how did you? start to come to that for yourself and integrating that into what you do? That's a great question. So it's really interesting, my journey as an athlete. I was never an athlete that got things easily. Like, I always had to work hard for them. And um, I kind of became mental because of that. Like, I would see a lot of other people just get it, and then they just go. And then my body would be like, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. And so then there was a disconnect. And um, my biggest struggle came in high school. I um, had been set to, to, to sign my scholarship um, on Saturday, and I had already been dealing with a fear on um, balance. So balance is like this four-inch piece of wood, five feet in the air, and you flip backwards on it, and 
I had an issue with where you, you flip backwards, put your hands down, you flip in the air, don't touch the beam, and they land on your feet, called a, a flip glitter. And it was, um, I had already been on and off with it scary for a couple of years, pretty much from the time I learned it. And um, then I got injured the day before I was to sign my scholarship. That injury led to nine months out of the sport. It was a major break in my arm. It was two surgeries, like major stuff happening. And I lost the scholarship. So they said, I got the long letter. It was like, you're welcome to walk on. So um, I was out for nine months. I was out of shape. No one knew what to do with me. <laughs> and guess what grew? My fear, right? Uh -huh. And so here I was showing up as a freshman, which we already know is challenging on the mind, right? Like all of a sudden I left my home. I'm in a new place. I'm rooming with someone. I was the only child. So now I'm rooming with someone in the same room, same space. Her bed is two, like two, three feet from my bed. And um, and I'm on this team where I'm coming back and everyone else has already got places, right? Like, And they're already um, came in with older stuff. And here I was nine months out. And so I spent that year trying to get back, both physically and mentally, and my fear had just grown. It was really bad. And so we won that national championship that year and I pulled mats for it and it just set me on fire. I was like, I am not pulling mats again. I'm going to get a scholarship and I'm going to, I was like seven years old when I set that goal and I had worked, I had literally made so many sacrifices between seven and 18 to be at the college and doing gymnastics. And um, so I went home that summer and I just worked my butt off and um, came back with more skills on all these events I had never had. Um, I trained at a different gym. I had to drive further for that. And um, <clears throat> and my, my series, I got more consistent at throwing it, but I still wasn't going all the time. I still had this fear. So I showed up, but I had like, so ten, a 10-0, like perfect 10, is like the best score you can get in gymnastics in the, in the, in the United States. Now, they've changed it internationally, but um, so I had a 10-5 start on a balance beam, like, which is massive. I had extra bonus. I was like trying to make up everywhere I could, and um, I got cut. So being in the best physical shape I could be, I got cut because my mental wasn't mm. there. I wasn't 100%. And so I was welcome to practice that year. So I did, I got more on fire. And in that process, I went inward and I really learned about who I was. And like this fear made me look at like, who am I? What do I want? And how bad do I want it? <laughs> you know, and like, what's really driving all this? And so I learned some breathing techniques and I began learning some meditation and in that process, I really started to get closer and closer to alignment with myself. I came back that next year, my sophomore year, and I earned a, or not my summer, my junior year, and I earned a scholarship. And I started, get this, started on balance beam. Oh wow! <laughs> like, because I was really good at it. That's what frustrated everybody to death. I was really good at it. I just wouldn't go all the time because of this fear. It would just stop me dead in my tracks. And so I ended up competing beam and vault that year. Um, and we came up short that year. We got second by 0.125, which is basically like a toe point. <laughs> and that was rough. That was rough. But um, then I came back my senior year and at home, we won our national championship. And I was super consistent. At that point, I got to where I could take three breaths. And it was just me and the balance beam. It didn't matter how many thousands of people were around. It was just hyper, like, this is it. And... I learned so many tools there that I didn't realize were going to grow and prosper as I like grew into a career and began working with athletes. And 
that opened a door for me that just it's amplified now. I've done this with thousands of athletes across the globe to help them achieve their goals. And um, it is this idea of finding your mind, body, spirit, soul, inner alignment, inner being, inner purpose, right? Like mm-hmm. once you're in alignment with that, then your whole world around you starts to become in alignment with that. And all this th- sudden really hard things, like big things, become quite easy to manifest, you know, people use the word manifest, but for yeah. them to create and manifest in their life. That So yeah, there's um, a couple things you talked about, but I wanted to hone in on um, a couple of them. But one of them was, um, you were mentioning how you at one point you had gotten really good physically and you were like in the best shape and and um but yet you were still um had this like mental block or because of the mentality um wasn't where it needed to be so and so this is one of the things that I talk about a fair amount on the podcast around mindset and helping people understand how what's going on internally is what we're going to see externally so can you maybe elaborate a little bit on what was going on with the mentality that that made you realize like oh if I, if that was different maybe that would have played out differently oh my gosh that's, a, that's like a great question i love it rochelle so <laughs> this is really interesting rewind after brandy has done all of this stuff and done a ton of other educational stuff and experiences and healing and all these other things, right? Rewind back to little Brandy, who was, you know, at the time 16 and struggling with her flight. I look back and what really happened with that fear that took over, like literally I'd be sitting in class thinking about what was coming. My hands, my hands and my feet would be sweating. My heart would be racing. I'd have a hard time breathing. Like it was like already there. Like it was like I was living it out. Mm. Like it was driving my life and every decision. And um, what had happened was really interesting was I had real, I realized Mm. now that I had lost connection with that inner little five and seven year old me who knew who she was, who bounced around everywhere, who just loved life, right? Like she was so happy. Put a sprinkler out in the middle of Texas summer and she's like, yeah, let's go, right? Yeah. And I had lost connection with that and became so connected to the outer world that the externals began to drive my world. And so the externals at the time when I was 16, my parents were divorcing. There was a whole bunch of drama around it in a very small town. Like I I lived in a town of 3,000 people. So it was no hiding what was happening at our household. Um, And on top of that, at 16, when you're a competitive gymnast wanting to go to college or actually any sport, you're already thinking recruiting. You're already thinking what's going to happen next. I set this goal at seven. I've spent the last nine years doing X. Like I've made all these decisions. And I started gym when I was three, so I spent a lot of years getting to one goal. Um, no one really is insane. I don't think there's not very many insane people who choose something that's so intense for like so long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what had happened was I just let, and then you've got the normal like adolescent, like yeah. looking at everybody, looking at your body. And I had already gone through, um, I had a coach in junior high who weighed us in in our sports bras and mm-hmm. bikers. So I had struggled with an eating disorder for several years in junior high. And I was eating like an apple a day and training 20 to 30 hours a week. Well, 20 Mm -hmm. to 24 hours a week to be specific. And 
that like so all of those dynamics began to like bring out the externals and I just kept losing it's like I kept losing pieces and pieces of me like one thing I talk about with athletes is like their cup of joy Mm. and to treasure their cup of joy like everyone has a cup of joy in their heart everyone's cup looks different they fill it with different things and I like do this whole activity to get people to go inward and find their cup how full is it what do you fill it with and like then it's like do you do you protect your cup right do you do you freely give out your joy and let your cup empty like do you let people make a critical comment and empty out your cup Ah. do you let people judge you do you let people tell you what's right what's right or wrong when you know the truth right like the whole gaslighting thing like I had lots of that around me in my whole life like Mm -hmm. lots of that right and so what was happening is they would gaslight, pull another, gaslight, pull another, judge me at gym, pull another, criticize me, weigh me in, take another. And I just was emptying my cup left and right and then never taking time to fill it or to guard it and choose what I wanted to do with my joy. And so that disconnect had me like empty. I was empty, running on empty, training 20 to 26 hours, 28 hours at the time and sometimes 32 30, 32, yeah, I think the most I ever trained was 36 hours a week. But wow. like, I was training at these high levels, trying to be a perfectionist, trying to be all A's, right? Like, so all those things, like you have to be, you should, all those things emptied my cup. And I kept getting more and more attached to the have to be's and shoulds, mm. and less and less connected to who is Brandy and what is her sole purpose? And like, how do we align our thought process I am strong, I am confident, I am healthy, I am whole, I am enough. Yeah. And that was a big one. Like I was it I was never enough, it was never enough. And you could insert anything. Yeah. And that's so like it came out in fear. Yeah, it sounds like you I mean, it was like this perfect storm of like the physical overexertion with the mental depletion um that combined, you know, was kind of you know, combining to kind of create this, you know, challenge for you. Um, And then you mentioned the inner healing part. And I love how you described the cup of joy. Like I've never really heard it described that way. I think that's awesome. Um, So then you started to, it sounds like from what you're sharing, like at some point there was an aha or an awareness, like, oh, I'm giving all of this away to all these things externally. So how did you get that inner alignment? How did you fill your own cup and then keep it full um, to get yourself kind of in connected with the, the physical, mental and spiritual parts of yourself? I tell you that has come with time and experience and like learning. But like the first avenue to it was when I was in college, that year I got cut my sophomore year. One of my classes was motor development, and we were talking about the brain and how to create behaviors from the brain perspective, right? And so our, our semester-long project was to pick one big thing we wanted to change about ourselves, and we were going to show how we changed it and how we made the behavioral pattern change. And I remember our Dr. Myers, Betty Myers, this woman was so beautiful. And she, I sat with her, I said, she says, Brady, she came and she could say I was struggling because I was real. Like at that point I had been cut. I like, I was real. I'm like, something's got to change. Like I knew something needed a change and here was an assignment. I knew I'd do it. Right. Like, because I was so hooked on, on grades, right. <laughs> I got to get a 4.0. And I did, by the way. So graduate magna cum laude, got wow. all A's all the way through my fellowship program. Like that's just like 
it's ridiculous, right? Um, <laughs> so I knew that, it, but see, I knew enough about myself that I know I'd hook it to something that I would be highly invested in, right? And so she sat with me. She says, what are you thinking? I said, I got to deal with this anxiety and stress, like this fear. I'm always a ball. <laughs> like, I don't know how to change it, right? And so she's like, that's a great one. So she helped me phrase, you know, what my sentence was. My It's like the motor pattern sentence. And ended up that day, you know, God does this. You make a decision. And I was walking on campus, like, how am I going to test this? How am I going to change this? I don't know. Like, I'm thinking all these things. And all of a sudden, I walk past the wellness center, and there's this huge flyer that says, are you struggling with stress and anxiety? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> And it was this wellness program where you had to go in and do um, this breath work and this meditation. And it was basically the beginning of awareness. Mm. And that's how I entered. And it was so funny because even weird how universe works things out, um, the time it was offered was during something else I could not get out of. And so they let me go do it privately. Oh, how <laughs> so perfect. Private <laughs> session, God was like, you need this. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so that was the beginning of my awareness. And that level of awareness got me far. Like it got me back into the gym and back into the stuff. But fast forward as a provider who then learned a lot of different healing modalities, neuro-linguistic reprogramming, somatic experiencing, um, I experienced EMDR. I'm not an EMDR certified person, but like um, this whole Alexander technique is all about releasing the energies and the trauma and the nervous systems, keeping count, right? Releasing it through the body through movement. Mm. And so I've got like 10 or 11 years of experience in that. And so through all these little modalities that came into my life, um, I gradually became to get much like I had already I began to get connected in college which is what got me through was like what brings me joy who am I like all of those things began but I tell you that's a journey like it's a journey in itself and it's a layer it's like an onion yeah who am I like there's this level of truth and another level of truth and another level of truth until I get deep inside the onion right mm -hmm. and um and so yeah somewhere along the way really interesting um I'm trying to think more details of like how to answer exactly when I like so I had this aha moment in college that got me far just learning awareness and mindset connecting to the breath and becoming more present inside my own skin um but I mean you have to fast forward it took me a little longer and a lot more healing to be like I remember I was a little around 30 something like right around 30 31 somewhere in there where I was like comfortable in my own skin Mm. Like where I finally like appreciated the body I have, like it was interesting and I had been working on it that whole time, but it really didn't like manifest and fully, you know, take on like I could, I remember before between that, between like, it was my senior year in college that I realized that I had body dysmorphia where I looked at myself yeah. in the mirror and I saw something different than what other people saw. Yeah. And so in college, we had like um, a sports nutritionist who helped us like learn about food as fuel. And that was when I first shifted that thought process and began to go inward about food and fuel and like what I need. So for a long time, it was kind of a fake it until you make it. It was like, you don't look like that. Let's go on. <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> like, right? Like, yeah. like, I'm beautiful. You're okay. But that's how, that's kind of how it works. I think, um, I think that's helpful for people to hear and understand. Like, 
it you, that because you're shifting your mindset you're completely like you're literally reprogramming your brain when you do this yeah. work and so in order to do that you do have to kind of like find these affirmations of what you want to feel and believe and you repeat them to yourselves until you start to embody that it takes time it's not something that yeah. you know my, just kinda... my first experience with that was physical in high school so like i wanted to achieve some skills and so i put on the top of my thing um Dream, believe, achieve. I am like, what was it? I am capable. Or I am strong. And then I put my list of like skills, and I put them everywhere, like on my textbook. On it's back in the day, we didn't really have cell phones. Now mm-hmm. I have athletes do it on cell phones. But like, I had it on the mirror. I had it on the dinner table. I had it in the refrigerator. I had it in the car. I had it, it was everywhere. And I there was a, a list of like seven skills. I got all of them. Like I got all of them. So that was my first understanding that if I tell my mind what I want, I can physically achieve it. Right. And then later in college, it was not just the physical aspect. It was the emotional and then the control of the monkey minds that I began. And I found that like the breath work helped me get centered to control the thoughts. Right. Um, And then... I just realized how much consistency and like one pointedness and persistency it took to just like hone in the mind to like, I am beautiful. Like the, the food and the, that's what like, it was like, no, you're, you're beautiful. You're eating healthy. You're making good choices. Like keep going. Yeah. You can have that chocolate. You can have that piece of like, you know, it was, it was like, and it, it took a while to eat something that was out of what was considered okay in my right. world. And be like, yeah, like enjoy it, right? Like actually get <laughs> yeah. endorphins and enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the endorphins mm-hmm. would hit, the shame would hit. Right. Like you can't eat that. Like that. Like there was this voice in my head. I'm like, who's that? Like, you start talking <laughs> back to them. Like, yeah. Where's the, Where's this written? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for those of you listening. I kind of did the arm underneath my hand up to the, the voice that says. You can't eat that. Like, yes, I can. Like, if I'm eating, if all I'm eating is chocolate and I'm overindulging, that's different. But, like, in my scenario, I had more restricted eating issues. And so, Mm. you know, it took a while to have, like, I had what I called, and I didn't realize it. Now, having worked with so many athletes and having some nutritional background and working tandem with, like, so if I have someone with a, a true eating disorder, we work tandem with a nutritionist and specializes in it. And after working with that, you know, I, I didn't realize, but I had foods that were my safe foods. They were like uh, the foods that were acceptable to increase the amount of food because in my mind, right. my brain and my thinking had hooked that they were healthy and good for me. And so it's just really interesting. And I'd have, I now had enough other, it's so funny because I realized some of the foods I thought were healthy for me, my body doesn't like gluten. Uh. <laughs> and it wasn't until other health issues later that I like, realized it <clears throat> and I was like this is part of the reason that I, you know one I wasn't eating enough but then like the things I thought were healthy were actually not as um healthy as I thought like I've had my genetics testing done and other stuff mm. and um they got me through and they were better than not eating anything which was the problem at the time so I wouldn't have changed anything for little brandy but like yeah um now you know it's it's different it's really interesting to get to enjoy joy like it's nice to be in Belgium and be like, yeah, let's get some chocolates. Yeah. Like really good. <laughs> That's huge. I mean, and I think because a lot of it is like this, it's almost like an addiction in itself, the sort of that, I don't know, the toxic thinking around that that comes with 
all that stuff that gets woven up together, like body dysmorphia and um, the, like, cause I've gone through that myself. And then the sort of, it sounds like similar uh, as you're describing with like almost this obsessive fear of eating anything that's out of bounds um, and, and that you're automatically just doomed if you do and that kind of thing. And like, so that's a big part of the healing work as well. Um, but I wanted to go back a little bit. You, uh, before oh. you go on, I love that you say um, an addiction, like an addiction to the thoughts. Because I actually fast forward, realized like, yeah, like the patterning of the job, inner, inner critic, like the record player, the broken record player I'd had for so long that was fed by society and my coaches, my family, like some intentional, some unintentional, right? Like um, that broken record that was an internal judge, the critic, right? Like the critic, the judge, the perfectionist, the type A, the one way or the highway kind of situation, yeah. everything is black and white. Like that was playing and I realized that I got so used to it that I started to feed it because yeah. I like was getting hits like neurochemically exactly. from, the judge, from the critic. And um, it's just really interesting because it really shows how the brain really can get hooked to anything that it like to the chemical response can get hooked into that, that um, neural path pathway. And yeah. what I love about doing with people and what I found for myself was, you know, there's a lot of different ways to change the pathway and create another exit off the highway. Right. Yeah. Like, um, and some of that can be positive reinforcement. Some of it can be, I am statements. Um, we know that like being in a true state of gratitude releases dopamine and that can help you. Um, but it is a rewiring and yeah. there are easier ways than not to rewire the brain um, to make these behavioral changes. But there's a reason why like someone should do a 30 day program with someone or a reason why someone should do a year long program with someone because the human mind and brain when left on its own without someone to give accountability or someone to um, guide or just to, help you stay on track because you inevitably go die. It's like I tell people when they come in this way, I would say it, it's both physical and mental. When they come into my clinic, I'm like, Hey, did you use the door or the wall? Mm. And they're like looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, no, go ahead. It's not your question. They're like the door. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, because it was easier. And I was like, exactly. You could go through the wall, but you have to hire a construction crew. You need a bunch of tools. Right? right. So my brain and body, so like movement, we have muscles that are tighter than others. Um, our brain, we have this firing pattern, like from point A to B. Right. And like the neural pathway. Just, that's the green pathway. And even though I want to take C, my brain will be like, it's easier to go B. I know it gets there. It may not be exactly what I want, but I know what to expect. Right. It's known. Right. So sometimes we'll stay in, in behavioral thought processes, movements, like whatever it is, the habit, um, just because it's easier for the neural pathway to go that way, even yeah. though we want to change it, which is why it takes 30, 90 days to make changes. It takes even longer to make like multiple changes, like, you know, like more than more than simple basics, like, you know. Yeah. Um, that's why we need, like, basically when you have someone to help guide you, one, they're accountable to keeping on track, but two, <clears throat> you're getting a good neurochemical dump <clears throat> when you work with them. Yeah. Like, 
Michelle's like giving me feedback, like, yeah, girl, that was great. And I'm like, yes, I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to send you this thing because I want you to tell me that I did good. And why? Because I want the neurochemical hit to say, hey, keep doing that. Right. Well, especially when you're kind of forging this new path. And I mean, I've found in my own journey that it's, it's actually like your brain will actually even fight you. Um, I always think of it as the ego, right? Like it's used to what's safe, which may not always be what's best for you, but it's what your ego has built to keep you safe. And when you're trying to change that, because now you recognize it no longer serves you, it's like this whole inner battle that's going on. And, And it is, it's, it's totally, you're, you're trying to create new neural pathways that aren't there. And so until they're established and they become your norm, which does take time, it takes consistent, consistency, repetition. Um, and it's going to be different for everyone because everyone's starting at a different point. Um, but I love what you said too about having that guidance and that help. And that's why that it may be six months for one person that might be a couple of years for another person, just depending um, it depends be- on what they want to change. Yeah. It depends on how many limiting beliefs they have, what a story has been built around what you currently have. Um, it depends on how safe they are everywhere else. Exactly. So, like, if someone's in an environment that's super, so one of the, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of, mm-hmm. um, of uh, needs, right? Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. love that because they did this study with that. And um, this is the whole, like, you need food and shelter and water, like, you know, the right. basics. Um, they did a study with monkeys and they basically took away everything except for one piece of Maslow's because they wanted to see which one was the most important. Uh-huh. And it was really interesting. They like had one where they took everything um, away. Uh, they, they were like testing, they gave them, gave them shelter, da, 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 da. But, um, and they, they gave them everything except for one piece, right? They take away the one piece. But the one that I always remember is there was this monkey where they gave him a mechanical mom. And they, um, they gave him food, they gave him water, they gave him shelter, they gave him everything else he needed. They gave him a mechanical mom to feed him. And he was the only monkey they could not integrate back into the society. He was killing all the other monkeys. And so they actually had to put him down. And so what it came out was this whole research study on how the greatest thing is love, right? Uh, like, yeah. That honestly, if we don't have, so the people who, the more psycho- psychology, psychology has like done more research on it, and ultimately, the people who are the most resilient, right? Our goal is to be resilient. Like, life is not perfect. Stuff's going to hand me lemons. Can I make lemonade? Am I going to make a way around it? Like, how do I handle It's not about the stuff coming at me. It's about my reaction, right? right? Like, how am I going to handle whatever it is that's stretching me mentally, emotionally, physically? And, and that's what I work with athletes because that's really anything high level, right? Like, a sport that's high level, you want to reach some goal, you want to be a high executive, but even just reaching any goal that's new for you, like every person's high level is wherever they are, right? right? And so basically what it says, what the studies say is that like the people who are the most resilient can respond and 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 go around or over or get through the obstacle the healthiest are the people who have unconditional love, Wow. the people who yeah. feel safe. And so it's really hard to make new changes, say, if you're in a domestic violence relationship or if you're in a situation where you never know what to expect. There's no structure right. or the structure keeps changing. It's very hard to be successful in those ways. You can, and matter of fact, I work with a lot of people who don't have control over, say, the gym culture or the environment that's around them, but it requires 
a lot deeper level of going inward so that you can be like the eye of the storm and the storm is around you, but you're still there or you're that tree that's firmly rooted. And if you can get centered in there and find that the in, the, the unconditional love is actually within, mm-hmm. anything's possible after that. Like at that point, like you can achieve anything, no matter what environment you're in. Um, but you have to get deeper inward for that. It is a tough struggle when you're in these scenarios that you don't feel safe. So it's going inward to find your safety within. And when I look about it, like that was the shift when I was in college that I first discovered with that awareness was that there was something inside me. I didn't have an understanding of what it was. I have a much deeper understanding now of my soul and my like inner light. But before and I, by the way, don't always talk about that completely with athletes and people. I want to meet people where they are. Right. But before that, I didn't know that existed. I didn't know inside me was this safe place. And so I was so attached to the outside, which took me wherever I was on a ride. Yeah. You have to be on the ride as long as you go inward and really find that center. And that's, yeah, that's just, uh, we could probably have a whole other episode about just that part of things um, because it's so powerful. And so, yeah, we should. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, it's so true and it's, um, it's like that, but it's, it's getting to that point where you can tap into that consistently. So um, with that in mind, now you've talked a little bit about and kind of touched a little bit about how you help other people and work with people. So um, can you maybe share a little bit about what you do with athletes, um, kind of what your services look like, and what do you have going on right now that people might want to learn more about? Well, so um, I've been in the world of physical therapy and performance training, and that looks like both individual, in-person, and virtual, and it also looks like groups and performance clinics. So sometimes I go into gyms, dance studios, like places where there's a lot of athletes, and they bring me in and they would customize a program for that. I'm like, what, what is it that that entire group of people, entire team is struggling with? And how can I use my skill set to help them overcome those struggles, right? Um, and then same thing on an individual basis in, a vir- in, a, in both in-person and virtual. Um, it's Maybe it's an injury and pain, right? But then also it may just be that I want to achieve this goal and I'm not getting there. I'm hitting a ceiling or a block and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's mental, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical. Um, but I help people get through those blocks to get on the other side, right? And usually that means we have to go inward. <laughs> and we almost always have to go inward. Um, that's a piece of it. You know, whoever's really open. I meet whoever's in front of me with where they are um, <clears throat> as far as how deep we can go and how it unravels. So a lot of people stay with me for maintenance programs just to keep unraveling the next piece of what's mm. happening in their life and their world. Um, Cause we go from everything from like stress management tools and sleeping habits um, and other behaviors that may be not serving them um, all the way into the physical, the nutritional, like the mental aspects, right. Um, and how to train all of those pieces and how they integrate. Um, so, but what I'm really excited about also is we're releasing, I just started Perfect 10 PT Academy because I've been teaching across the globe for so long. It's like, how do I, you know, one hour thing and I leave you, like, it is hard to make a behavioral change. Like, how can I help people make sustainable changes and light their lights so they can light more lights in the world? And so, um, we started online courses through Perfect 10 PT Academy and we released our first course, Introduction to Championship Mindset. Um, and then in 
January, we're starting the Invincible Athlete, which is a year-long program. So it's a year-long program where you see me once a month for really big masterminds, and then every week we do check-ins, 30 to 40 minutes, um, where we're going to you know, boost things, add details, deal with all the struggles and obstacles that come up. And so you'll do that. We'll do that for a whole year. And I have a bunch of guests coming in, like massive guests. Like, like I've got a, a sports psychologist coming in three times. She's worked with Olympic athletes ever since. She's had at least, she's had multiple athletes every Olympic year since 2000. So she's been doing it for a while. And um, she works also in the high, high corporate world as well. Mm. So she works both ends. Um, and then I have a sports nutritionist coming in. She's a former Olympian. Um, so Dr. Allison Arnold is a sports psychologist. Maria Flores is the um, sports nutritionist. She uh, was a Olymp- former Olympian and current sports nutritionist. I have um, biomechanics Jerry George coming in. And both of those guys are coming in. Well, she's coming in three times. He's coming in four times. Um, I have a neuro performance coach, Yuga Sudoria, coming in, and we're going to talk about how to really enhance your brain connection to get output in performance. Um, we have uh, one of my colleagues, Stephanie Foster, coming in. She's a physical therapist who specializes in um, pelvic health and the core and the central display system, so mm. um, urinary leakage with, with um, exercise. She's going to come in and talk about that. And then talk about a lot of myths. She's going to bust so many myths. We mm-hmm. both have busted a lot of them about core and how to train the core. Ah. Um, the biomechanics guys coming in for uh, squatting and running and flexibility and strength training. Um, we have, man, I know I'm forgetting. Oh, and we have uh, Nicole Langvian coming in about artistry and how to find the inner artist, the inner soul, the inner drive, and bring it out into whatever it is you're doing. Right? Wow. Um, and then, like, helping us give a perspective on what's really important. Is it really the outcomes or is it something bigger, right? Mm. And then we have several other Olympic athletes coming in, current Olympic athletes. Um, we have also some people because I really believe that sport is a vehicle to experience, learn, and grow. And you can harness all those attributes that you gather, you know, perseverant, dedicated, determined, um, a good time manager, like, um, can do hard things and get back up, right? Like mm. harness all that and bring it into our life. And so we have a bunch of, we have the life after sport program and we have a bunch of people coming in who are going to talk about their experiences as athletes um, and what a struggle it was to find their life right after sport. And then what it is they harnessed and then what they're doing with it now. And so um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. And um, so that one opens in January called the invincible athlete and it's for coaches, parents, and athletes or super active people who are wanting to go to the next level. And the big surprise I have is that just for today, is now the time? Is now the time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now's the time. Just for today, <laughs> just for today only for Black Friday, I am for you guys going to be releasing a Black Friday special, 67% off of everything, 67% off of the online courses, 67% off of my virtual and in-person services, and I'm doing a giveaway. Wow. I'm giving away one year with me. Wow. One athlete. I know, right? That's insane. I hope everyone's paying attention. We're getting that giveaway. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So uh, the links, the links below, the links are going to be in 
the in the episode description. Yeah. Um, so click the links and you can sign up for the free giveaway and you can um, sign up for the Black Friday specials. Wow. Well, that sounds amazing. So yeah, as Brandy mentioned, um, check out the episode descriptions for the links. Uh, and then if you're on my socials, I'm also going to be sharing those on there. So you'll want to keep an eye out on that as well. Uh, definitely make sure you take advantage of that. That sounds like some incredible packages going on. And I mean, a whole free year giveaway. That's unheard of. So can you believe it? A free year? <laughs> yeah, no, I have never heard I'm of it. Yeah. That's how much I think the program, I love the program so much. I want, I want to give away one so that someone can enjoy it. Cause I know that there are some people who really, really want it, but maybe it's just not on their, their plate right now. Um, so I would love to give away one so that we can really get together. Yeah. Well, it is the perfect time of year for that. That is amazing. Um, all right. Well, thank you again so much, Brandy, for uh, joining me today. I think this has been a fascinating conversation, um, and I'm sure all, all the listeners will agree. Um, really appreciated you coming on and just having such an uh, amazing conversation about all of these things around health and our mind and our body and our soul. Um, and so, again, um, check out the episode description to get all those links uh, and get in on those great uh, deals that Brandy's got going right now. Um, and so that concludes today's episode of Faith, Fitness, Joy. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, I'd love to hear from you. So uh, please like and subscribe or uh, share anything that resonated for you in the comments. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for joining Faith, Fitness, Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think. So please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you would like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on either Instagram or Facebook, or please join my private Faith Fitness Joy Facebook group where I offer lots of great information, master classes, and weekly channel guidance and more. Check out my blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss, wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.